Journey to Pascha, Orthodox Spiritual Reflections on Great Lent, brought to you by the Greek Orthodox Christian Society of the Greek Orthodox Archdiocese of Australia. On this 25th of March, we celebrate the Annunciation of the Theotokos. Today marks the crowning of our salvation and the revelation of the mystery before all ages. For the Son of God becomes the Son of the Virgin, and Gabriel proclaims the grace. Wherefore we also cry out with him, Hail, O full of grace, the Lord is with you. Our Daily Bread Orthodox Scripture Readings to Help Nourish the Soul The reading is from the Gospel of St. Luke, chapter 1, verses 24 to 38. In those days, Elizabeth, the wife of Zacharias, conceived, and for five months she hid herself, saying, Thus the Lord had done to me in the days when he looked on me, to take away my reproach among men. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee, named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Hail, O favoured one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But she was greatly troubled at the saying, and considered in her mind what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favour with God. And behold, 
you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, and he will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How should this be, since I have no husband? And the angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your kinswoman Elizabeth, in her old age, has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For with God nothing will be impossible. And Mary said, Behold, I am the handmaid of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Lives of Our Saints The Annunciation When the All-Holy Virgin had completed the fourteenth year after her birth and was entering her fifteenth year, after having spent eleven years of living and serving in the Temple of Jerusalem, the priests informed her that, according to the law, she could not remain in the Temple, but was required to be betrothed and enter into marriage. To the great surprise of the priests, the All-Holy Virgin answered that she had dedicated her life to God and that she desired to remain a virgin until death, not wanting to enter into marriage with anyone. Then, according to God's providence and inspiration, Zacharias, the high priest and father of the forerunner, in agreement with the other priests, gathered twelve unmarried men from the tribe of David so that they might entrust the Virgin Mary to one of them to preserve her virginity and care for her. She was entrusted to Joseph of Nazareth, who was her kinsman. In the house of Joseph, the All-Holy Virgin continued to live as she did in the Temple of Solomon, occupying her time in the reading of sacred scripture, in prayer, in godly thoughts, in fasting, and in handiwork. She rarely went anywhere outside the house and was uninterested in worldly matters and events. She spoke very little to anyone, if at all, and never without special need. She most often associated with Joseph's two daughters. When the fullness of time had come, as prophesied by Daniel the prophet, and when God was pleased to fulfill his promise to the banished Adam and to the prophets, the great Archangel Gabriel appeared in the chamber of the All-Holy Virgin. This occurred, as some church writers have related, precisely at the same moment that she had held open the book of the prophet Isaiah and was contemplating his great prophecy. Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and bear a son, 
Gabriel appeared in all of his angelic brightness and saluted her. Rejoice, thou that art highly favoured, the Lord is with thee, and the rest as it is written in the Gospel of the Blessed Luke. With this angelic annunciation and the descent of the Holy Spirit upon the Virgin, the salvation of mankind and the restoration of all creation began. The history of the New Testament was opened by the words of the Archangel Gabriel, Rejoice, thou that art highly favoured. This shows that the New Testament signified joy to mankind and to all created things. Therefore, the Annunciation is considered not only a great feast, but also a joyful feast. Orthodox Readings and Reflections for Lent On the Annunciation of our Exceedingly Pure Lady, Mother of God and Ever-Virgin Mary by St. Gregory Balamas the event which we celebrate today clearly proves that this mystery is beyond the understanding, not only of men, but of angels and even archangels. The archangel brought the good tidings to the virgin that she would conceive. But when she sought to find out the way it would happen, and asked him, How should this be, seeing I know not a man? The archangel was completely unable to explain how. He took refuge in God, saying, The Holy Spirit shall come upon you, and the power of the Highest shall overshadow you. He went on to mention that Elizabeth, who was barren, had conceived in her old age, and all he could say was that with God nothing was impossible. So how could he explain how she was to conceive and bear a child in virginity? Nevertheless, the archangel's words to the virgin did contain something more, a reference to a greater mystery. The Holy Spirit, he said, shall come upon you, and the power of the highest shall overshadow you. Why was this? Because the child to be born was not to be called a prophet, or simply a man like Adam, but the son of the highest, the saviour, the deliverer of the human race, and the Eternal King. God who made us looked lovingly down on us in His mercy. He bowed the heavens and came down. Having taken our nature upon Him from the Holy Virgin, He renewed and restored it. Or rather, he led it up to divine and heavenly heights. Wishing to achieve this, to bring to fulfillment on this day his pre-eternal counsel, he sent the Archangel Gabriel, as St. Luke the Evangelist tells us, to Nazareth, to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. God sent the Archangel to a virgin and made her, who continued a virgin, his mother by means of a salutation alone. If he had been conceived from seed, he would not have been a new man, nor sinless, nor the saviour of sinners. So if the conception of God had been from seed, he would not have been a new man, 
nor the author of new life which will never grow old. If he were from the old stock and inherited its sin, he would not have been able to bear within himself the fullness of the incorruptible Godhead, or to make his flesh an inexhaustible source of sanctification, able to wash away even the defilement of our first parents by its abundant power, and sufficient to sanctify all who came after them. That is why neither an angel nor a man came to save us, but the Lord himself, who was conceived and took flesh in the womb of a virgin while remaining unchanged as God. And the virgin's name, it said, was Mary, which means lady. This shows the virgin's dignity, how certain was her virginity and set apart was her life, exact in every respect and completely blameless. She properly bears the name of virgin and possessed to the full all the attributes of purity. She was a virgin in both body and soul, and kept all the powers of her soul and her bodily senses far above any defilement. This she did authoritatively, steadfastly, decisively, and altogether inviolably at all times, as a closed gate preserves the treasures within, and a sealed book keeps hidden from sight what is written inside. The scriptures say of her, This is the sealed book, and this gate shall be shut, and no man shall enter in by it. When the virgin saw the archangel, she was afraid, lest he be a deceitful messenger beguiling unwary women like Eve, and she did not accept his greeting unquestionably. As she did not yet clearly perceive the bond with God which the archangel was announcing to her, she was troubled, it says, at his saying. She was utterly determined to hold fast to her virginity and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. So the archangel dispelled the godly fear of the virgin full of grace by telling her, Fear not, Mary, for you have found favor with God. What favor? That grace, which is only possible for him who can do the impossible and which has been in your womb. When you hear about conception, he told her, do not suppose that there will be any deviation from virginity. You must not be anxious or troubled on that account. For these words, Behold, you shall conceive, spoken to her who is a virgin, show that the conception is to accompany virginity. Behold, you shall conceive, he said, and bring forth a son. Continuing as you are now with your virginity inviolate, you shall conceive a child, and bear a son of the highest. Isaiah foresaw this many years before the prophesied. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son. And I went unto the prophetess. In what way did the prophet go to the prophetess? In the same way as the archangel now came to her. What the archangel now saw, the prophet foresaw and foretold. That the virgin was a prophetess with the gift of prophecy is proved to all by her hymn to God in the Gospel. As soon as the highly favoured virgin heard those extraordinary divine words addressed to her by the archangel, the Lord is with you, and, behold, you shall conceive and bring forth a son, the son of the highest who shall reign forever. She replied, How shall this be unto me, seeing I know not a man? Although you bring spiritual tidings far above the passions of the flesh, you speak to me of conception in the womb, 
being with Christ and childbirth. And you emphasize the mention of conception by adding the word, Behold. How shall this be unto me, she said, seeing I know not a man. The virgin did not say this because she disbelieved, but because she wanted to find out as much as possible about the matter. Therefore, the archangel told her, The Holy Spirit shall come upon you, and the power of the highest shall overshadow you. Therefore, also that holy thing which shall be born of you be called the Son of God. You are holy, he says, and full of grace, O virgin. However, the Holy Spirit shall again come upon you, preparing and completing the work of God within you by the bestowal of a higher sanctification. The power of the highest shall overshadow you, to strengthen you, and by overshadowing you and uniting you with itself, shall form the humanity of the one to be born of you, that he may be holy, the Son of God, and the power of the highest in the shape of a man. How did the highly favoured virgin, with her unrivalled and holy understanding, respond to those words? She ran to God and reached out to him in prayer, saying to the archangel, If, as you tell me, the Holy Spirit shall come upon me, purifying my nature still further and strengthening me to receive the unborn Saviour, if the power of the Highest shall overshadow me, forming him who is in the form of God as man within me and bringing about a birth without seed, if the Holy Child which shall be born is to be the Son of God and God and the everlasting King, since with God is nothing impossible. Behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to your word. And when the angel departed from her, leaving the maker of all united with the body within her womb. By means of this union, which was the object of his ministry, he had procured salvation for the world. Surely it is obvious to anyone that the virgin mother is both the burning bush and the tongs. She conceived the divine fire within her and was not burnt, and an archangel ministered at the conception, and through her the bearer of the sins of the world was united with the human race, purifying us thoroughly by means of this indescribable bond. The virgin mother, and she alone, is the frontier between created and uncreated nature. All who know God will recognize her as the one who contained him who cannot be contained. All who sing hymns to God will praise her next after him. She is the cause of the benefits which preceded her, the protectress of those which came after. And through her, those good things which are eternal shall be received. She is the theme of the prophets, the first of the apostles, the support of the martyrs, the day of the teachers. She is the glory of those on earth, the delight of those in heaven, the adornment of the whole creation. She is the beginning, the fount, and the root of the hope stored up for us in heaven, to which may we all attain by her prayers for us, to the glory of him who was begotten of the Father before all ages, and, in these last times, became incarnate of her, even Jesus Christ our Lord, to whom belongs all glory, honor, and worship, now and forever, and unto the ages of ages. Amen. This is the journey to Pascha.
feast day of the Annunciation is celebrated together with a national holiday commemorating the Greek War of Independence and the outbreak of the revolution against Turkish rule in 1821. Let's reflect some more on the dual celebration of the Annunciation and Greek Independence Day on the 25th of March. The day of the 25th of March is one not only of religious significance, but of political significance as well, allowing the Greek Orthodox to commemorate God's message to Mary and the independence of Greece on the same day. The expression for God and country has real meaning for the Orthodox Greek on the 25th day of March, a day on which he can celebrate two events without diminishing either one for the obvious reason that devotion and patriotism have the same emotional root, that is, love. Uppermost in the true Greek's mind on the 25th of March, however, is Mary, chosen from all the women in the world to be the mother of Jesus Christ. When the angel Gabriel brought the momentous message from God this day, the gentle Mary must have felt a solemn pride, but at the same time a disquieting apprehension at the prospect of this awesome responsibility. Assured by the archangel, Mary's answer was a simple, let it be according to the will of God. The world of Mary of 2000 years ago is envisaged as one in which life was simple and free of the complexities that plague the modern world today. But in that age of self-sufficiency, there were problems which would be insurmountable today. The mother of that day was all things to her family, and it can be safely said that when the Archangel Gabriel departed, the prospective mother of God must have for several moments felt terribly alone. Everyone knows about the nativity and the mission of Jesus Christ, but the details of the days, months and years in between are known but to Mary and to God. The political importance of the 25th of March is fully realised only when the suffering of four centuries is called to mind. In the year 1453, the Ottoman hordes overran all of Greece and most of the Balkans and held hostage a people whose culture dated back more than 2,000 years. Hopelessly outnumbered, Greece endured nearly 400 years of brutal oppression, but the spirits of its people knew not a single moment's weakness. The fires of rebellion that the Turks thought they had snuffed out, but which had smouldered in Hellenic hearts for almost 400 years, were kindled into a conflagration on the 25th of March 1821, not by a meddled general, but a man of the cloth, Bishop Yermanos of Patra, Greece, who chose the day of Annunciation, knowing God would be on the side of the Greeks. The good bishop held the cross of Jesus Christ aloft on the 25th day of March 1821, and proclaimed freedom for all Greek Orthodox Christians. It was a motion seconded by every Greek in the country. In addition to engaging in a war for independence, the Greeks were actually waging a holy war because it was not only Greek against Turk, but Christian against Muslim, and the subsequent Greek victory was a triumph of Christianity. <laughs>
Έχετε για βρυσούλες, νόγι βουναραπούλες. Έχετε για βρυσούλες και hope that you've enjoyed this edition of the journey to Pascha brought to you by the Greek Orthodox Christian Society Be sure to subscribe on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or visit nicknos.org at lychnos.org.au where you can find more orthodox articles talks and podcasts to help you on your journey this length towards the resurrection of our Lord <laughs>